You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. is live from the table the official podcast of new york's world famous comedy seller coming at you on sirius xm 99 raw dog and on the ridecast podcast network this is dan natterman co-host of live from the table along with noam dwarman the owner the proprietor of the world famous comedy seller we have with us as usual periel ashenbrand she is the producer of the show she has become uh, slowly but surely an on-air personality, and it's really, there's nothing we can do about it now. We also have with us Danny Cohen, Comedy Cellar regular, or at least he was a Comedy Cellar regular when the Comedy Cellar was in existence. I guess it's still in existence, but it's not open. Danny is a gay American and proud to be so. The Jewish American. He's what comes first, Jewish or gay? Jewish, and of course. He, and he's also, he's also- Yeah, gay is something you can change. <laughs> <laughs> he also makes ties, and we may or may not get into that. Welcome one and all. Gay, gay is a choice, Jewish, you're born with Danny, don't you know I that? I guess, you know, you're gonna have your bris first, right? Before you <laughs> announce that you're gay. Bris, that makes you a Jew, you're Jewish first. <laughs> um, so, uh, just uh, off the top, this is the end of an era in the world of New York City comedy, uh, Dangerfields Comedy Club. 50 years in business, is closing its doors at 1118 First Avenue here in Manhattan. The owner says they will reopen at another location, but of course that remains to be seen. And uh, color me skeptical, but uh, I think this might be the last we've seen of Dangerfields. Thoughts know him, uh, a fellow, a, 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 another comedy club closing down. Uh, is there any joy uh, as a competitor in your heart? No, no, not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, I find it very, 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 very sad. Um, I, I thought Dangerfields was a, was, was, and I know it wasn't doing well at the end, and I know that the best comics weren't necessarily playing there anymore. But it was it was a room that had a had a character and a feel to it that I really enjoyed. I you know um, I, I I thought that with a you know with a, in a different um, I don't know I, I felt like like I would like to have a room that looked just like Dangerfield. I think there was something Dangerfields. I think there was something really classically showbiz. Well, just just for those who've never been there, Dangerfields was a, sort of a dark room. It had. I can think of a picture. Yeah. It looked like. Um, I don't know, like a '60s nightclub or something. Is that is that an? Yeah, it had like the, the candles, oh, lamps at each table. Look, almost like a like a like a Rat Pack Vegas lounge type of thing. Yes, yes, yes. And, very, very romantic feel to it. Yeah, yeah, and then that's number one. Number two, um, you know, it's a, it's a part of New York. Number three, it's it's really a discredit to our leaders. Because we all know that they're going to come down with some big new aid package to help businesses and to help people. I mean, it's, you know, and, and they're playing games with it. You could have seen Pelosi on had this interview that's kind of going viral today with Walt with, with Wolf Blitzer, where she's, you know, uh, 
obfuscating about it, whatever it is. So, so the money, they'll, they'll finally release the money when they feel that it's politically advantageous for them to do so. And, you know, the, the fire department will arrive too late. And these, these businesses that are going belly up now, uh, it's disgusting because they don't have to. They don't have to. It's just Washington playing games and they don't really give a shit, do they? I mean, they really don't really give a shit. These fucking hacks in Washington, when they finally have enough, they, they pass so much fucking laws. I'm really upset about this. All their, all their careers, bullshit laws, money for this, money for that, a building. Who the fuck cares what they do? Nobody doesn't affect us at all. And the one time we really need them to step up when they've shut down all our fucking lives. And listen, we need some money to hold us over. Can you, just, can you just get us the money to hold us over? You finally have a chance to actually do something with your fucking position, you fucking hacks. Nothing. Nothing. And these people, their whole lives are lost. And it could be me. You know, it, it, their whole fucking lives are lost while these people trying to position for advantage in the upcoming election. It's just fucking disgusting. It really, it really upsets me. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, uh, passionate. Uh, well, am I wrong? I mean, who, who, who what, what, what fucking Nancy Pelosi say if she was on this podcast? Would she tell me I was wrong? I don't under. No, you don't understand. We had to do this because, uh, you know, Trump wanted this and we want that. And so we're just going to have to just wait the whole. It, it's all bullshit. This is your chance. Give the people the money. Save the businesses. Now, Save people, people can't pay their rent. Not just businesses, by the way. Every business has employees. They have families. What a mess of a well, Of course, we don't know. I mean, I, I suppose in the abstract, you're correct. Although in the specific case of Dangerfields, we don't truly know what is going on and, and why they're closing. And maybe they were going to close anyway. And this no. seems like, you know. They're I, dropping like flies all over. It's been, it, the PPP money is gone. And we, I mean, I mean, it's just ridiculous. What are they doing? They both, they, it's not as if, it would be different if one side says, no, we really don't believe there should be any more money than goes out. That goes out. I say, all right, well, you know, I mean, I might disagree with that position, but they're arguing about a disagreement. That's, that's the system. But both sides are saying, yes, we, do, we want to give $2 billion, They want to give $3 billion. So we So that's it. So there'll be nothing until, until we can agree on, you know, I mean, it's a trillion. I'm sorry. Um, it's just reprehensible. I, I, this is why I don't want to vote. Fuck these politicians. I mean, really, fuck them. They really are disgusting. Cuomo now touting a book after he threw, I mean, just left and right. Who, who can say anything good about anybody, any of our leaders? Is there one? Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump, Andrew Cuomo. Who's a good one? Tell me a good one. Well... I know King Solomon was a good leader, but that's going back some years. Um, we, we, I, I know uh, Periel wanted to bring uh, Danny on specifically because apparently he had a Dangerfield story. Oh, I, was I have a horrible Dangerfield. Did it happen on stage or in the bathroom? <laughs> it wouldn't be so bad if it took place in the bathroom. Believe me. <laughs> this, that would have been not. That would have been a great story. And this isn't even a story, a bad story about Dangerfield. It's a story, a bad story about. Danny Cohen, the comic. That's <laughs> like, I'm just going to shoot myself in the face right now, but I'll tell the story because well, that's, the, well, that's the kind of person I am. It's fine. Well, here's the thing. The thing is, is that Danny is always so... 
so good natured and so sweet. And, um, this and apparently really I have to, from time to time, I guess I'm a racist, I guess. No, no, I, I no. guess it's normal, I guess it's normal human behavior. So let's let's hear the story of oil. I don't know. But it was one of the last times that I saw you at the cellar because I saw you afterwards. We were hanging out in the olive tree, right? Yeah, and yeah. it happened like in March. It was it happened right And I think March. that was probably where we both got COVID. I would each yeah. other. Yeah. Well, without further I, preface, can we hear the story? So yeah. I was there. I was doing a produced show for years. Who's the owner? Tony? Tony Bavacqua, yeah. Tony was supposed to watch me for the past 14 years. <laughs> it's not, I'm, I swear to God, for 14 years, he's, he's supposed to watch me. So, to watch you, to, to potentially use you at the club yes, more. to potentially, so I can work there on Friday nights and Saturday nights in the mix of other clubs that I'm performing. If I'm in the city, sure. So for, for, for years and years, he's supposed to watch me, never watch me. And then I let it go, like I let it go many years ago. And then, so I show up because I'm doing a produced show because I would perform there once in a while, produce shows, you know, my friends would produce shows there. So they would put me on, they would do some newer comics and then they would throw in, they would trickle in, so they'd sprinkle in some pros. So I would go up. And then I'm, I'm about to go up on stage and one of the producers comes up to me and says, hey, listen, Tony's gonna watch you tonight. I'm like, I, 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 I don't know, I, just, I don't really care. I don't care, I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't, don't t tell me about Tony. You're ruining my mood now. So it's, it's been, I don't know, it was just in a really bad place and I didn't want to hear, you know, for the 200th time that Tony was going to watch me. So I was like, no problem. We, yeah, whatever you want. Okay, go in your, in the, in your on deck. I go, I'm on stage. I start talking, I'm doing my thing. And there's a group to my left. They were like 23, 20, I guess they were kids, you know. And, and, you know, the, the room is, was never policed. You know, it's never, they don't care about any, you can heckle, you can shoot the comic in the head. It doesn't matter. You can, it doesn't matter what goes on. And then those rooms are very important for comics because it builds a different muscle. You have the better rooms that, you know, and then you have a room like this that will put you in your place. And this is the kind of room that you die in unless you're like, you're, 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 you, have to, you have to fight for your life in that room. It's a bridge and tunnel crowd. Everyone's screaming. You have to scream over other people. It's nuts. So I go there and these people are talking and I'm sort of having a great time with the other part. I'm ignoring them, not addressing them. And I'm talking to the other part and I'm having a good time and that's working. Then I suddenly turn, I'm like, what's going on with you guys? What's happening? And they like ignore me. And they like, they're texting, they're talking, they're switching seats. They're, they're looking at each other's phone. They're completely as if, there's no show, as if nothing's, go they're completely in their own world. All right, in hindsight, I'm like, all right, they're a bunch of kids, I should just ignore them. But I, I told them, I said, you know, the way you're carrying on, you know, you're, you're very uncultured. And they went, ooh. <laughs> and then someone in the back of the room said, that's racist. I said, why is it racist? Why is it? And I started screaming at everyone. I'm like, left out a critical detail that this group was a group. Yeah, yeah. Who? He, they could be Eskimos. They could be anybody. I don't. They we don't say Eskimos anymore. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what are you throwing around the word racist? And they were like, get off stage. Get off stage. Boo. And all they all started chanting, get off stage. Get off stage. 
And then they got the whole audience. And like in a matter of a minute, they booed me off stage. I said, okay, I got off stage. And then I got off stage. And then the, the MC is like, like sort of like freaking out. He comes back. He's like, Tony's watching in the back. I'm like, I'm like, oh really? Wow. So I get off. So I see Tony is coming towards me. I'm like, well, that wasn't so great. <laughs> so many years later, out of all the shows, and I've never had a show like that, in, I think, in my life. I've never been booed off stage in my life. And the, that's when Tony was watching, and he wouldn't pay me. I'm like, it's okay. I don't even want the money. I just want to get out of here. I want to get out of here. And that, I, I think he should have. I think he should have paid you. Number one. Thank you. But 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 that aside, I, um, you're not a racist, obviously. However, why, why obviously? Yeah. Well, because well, I, I know Danny for many many years, and obviously. I know he's not a racist. I appreciate that. Um, but but uh, but I would not have used the word uncultured with an African American group. I would just say that I think you made a tactical error, not not a more not a moral error, but a tactical error. Interesting. Let's talk about that. Yes, it was definitely. You know what? Yes, uh, I shouldn't have said the word uncultured, but you know what? They're uncultured. That that group was uncultured. Like my cousin brought potato chips when we went to see Wicked, and we were sitting third row in a Broadway musical. He starts eating potato chips while they're performing. I wanted to punch him in the face. I turned him like, "Can you stop eating your potato chips?" Did you, you call him the N word? No. <laughs> He's like, I can do whatever I want. I just paid one hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket. He's like a, a typical like New York Jew. Oh. I'm like, listen, put your potato chips away. There's an, a live performance and you're crunching in the third row. <laughs> and I'm like whispering to him and I'm like, I, like, and then people are turning around and I just let it go. And I'm like, after, and like he, he, he ate a, a couple of more bites and then he put it away. But that's you know, uncultured. that's uncultured. Why is uncultured racist as opposed to you guys are being racist. assholes? Like why particular, what's wrong with uncultured? Yeah, Dan, answer it. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but you have to understand how things might be interpreted. And things might be, anything that can be interpreted is, is this is a, 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 a corollary to Murphy's Law that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Uh, as a corollary, I would say that anything that can be interpreted as racist will be interpreted as racist. And therefore, I would have let the group continue to, to uh, talk. And if they wanted to get up on stage and beat me, I would have taken it and... Uh, in hindsight, I, I said, I, I thank you, may I have another? Culture. But, I just, um, it was the only thing I thought of. It was like, I just, I was talking from my heart. From my heart, I was like, you're being uncultured now. You're in a live performance. Uncultured look, is a first, word of all, first of all, you're looking at this all wrong. Uncultured is a word that white people use. It's, it sounds snooty. Listen. It sounds, it sounds snobby. And anything that sounds snobby can be interpreted as racist. Let me tell you why you guys are all wrong. If you had said uneducated, it would have had the same result. Dan, Dan has posited that you shouldn't have used the word on culture. Let me give you a, let me give you a, uh, an, uh, uh, a contrarian view of this uh, thing. If you had not said uncultured, you still would have bombed. You still wouldn't have gotten paid. <laughs> By saying uncultured, you got booed off the stage, and you've got this great story that, that you can tell again and again and again that actually makes you marketable. This is the best thing you ever did was use the word uncultured. <laughs> if, you had, if you had said, Yo, you, well, you, you fellows are not very polite, that's it. You, you know, you'd, you'd have actually zero. At least you got a great story out of it. Well, so well, 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 the I owner guess of the seller is saying that. I'm, thank you. I that's guess you could, I guess you could uh, put, it, 
I guess you could view it that way, but Noam, do you agree that the word uncultured should have been, um, he should have known it was going to provoke a response of that nature? It, it certainly, there was, he should have, you might've calculated that there was a possibility that that would, I mean, it wasn't a sure thing, they might've, you know, but yeah. There wasn't even a connection, to be honest with you, there wasn't even a connection between their skin color. Of course and not. If it was anybody else, I would have said, what's going, what, this is not, it's, you're uncultured. And it was just, I was being honest and, and it was horrible. And that was the end of that. And you're right, I shouldn't have said that. It's definitely a word I shouldn't have used. But is it the worst words? I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't I, help. I don't think it was a moral error. I think it was a strategic. Right. Right. Strategically, it did not help me. Right. I think but, you have to, you know, I, I think. I have a lot to learn. I was performing at an all black college years ago. A show, it wasn't pure stand-up, it was uh, Make Me Laugh, remember Make Me Laugh, the game show you try to make people laugh, and if they don't laugh, they get money. So we were doing that show at a all historically black college, Bowie State, Maryland, as a matter of fact, and we had a, we had a, we had a, um, uh, a box of, of costumes to use as, uh, uh, you know, as, in, 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 in trying to make people laugh, we could use some costumes. We could do our stand-up, we could use costumes, we could use, probably we could do whatever we wanted. So I put on an old man, an old man wig, and uh, like an old man jacket, and I said, and I, and I walked in, and I said, yeah, you kids get off my property. Um, and that, I, I just meant it as an old man cranky. I just meant it as an old man that was cranky. In fact, the title of my album is Get Off My Property, because I just think it's a funny notion of an old guy yelling at kids to get off their property. It was interpreted in a racial way. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. So let's bring, bring it to, to the news. Listen, I'm tired of talking about race, but there's a thing in the news that, you know, the guy who, the guy that, one of the heads of, uh, I think it's PBS or WNET in New York, I think it's PBS, is being, uh, there's a big petition. They're trying to get him fired for among other things. In a letter he wrote, he described racism as a cancer. And apparently that was racist because yeah, the, the argument is that um, racism is a part of us. It is, not, it is not other than us, which is what cancer, I mean, it, it, may, it makes no sense at all. But of course I did some Googling today. Tana Hesse Coates is called racism a cancer. Okay, uh, Corey Booker is called racism a cancer. So, we cancer in us. Yeah, yeah. So, but at least he didn't call them call it uncultured. That's it. But uh, listen, it, it, this is the time we're living in. You know, it's just yeah. And, and unfortunately, and it's really quite unfortunate if you don't want to appease, you know, the ridiculousness of what we all see going on around us. People will then interpret you as being less offended by racism, which is just not the case right among any of us who who roll our eyes at this kind of thing it's like no it, it's 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 one has nothing to do with the other you know it's just you can't we just i'm just not we just don't buy into what's obviously just i think intimidation i mean it's like no, nobody like latinx let let is a latinx okay there's a there's a there's a an article today in the new yorker in the new yorker the headline is something like um, why, the, uh, why the politicians are still ignoring the Latinx community. Why, that, why are the politicians still ignoring the Latinx community? And I said, my God, this is hilarious because the polls show that 
of Hispanics, Latinos, 97% of Latinos don't use the term Latinx. They don't like that term Latinx. So the New Yorker writes an article saying why the Latinx population is being ignored. These fucking elite white people are actually ignoring the Latinx population by calling them Latinx as, you know, like, it's as if the, as if the, 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 the Goyim, as if the, the non-Jewish world bequeathed the new word for Jews. They didn't consult us, and they told us that this is the word that we're going to use for Jews now, or if we impose a new word on black people that 97% of black people didn't want, white people, we're gonna, no, no, we're going to call you, we, didn't, we think the term black people is no good, so from now on, it's black X. And then, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of terms, it's crazy talk. I'd be remiss if we didn't take advantage of having Danny with us to talk about the uh, Ann Coney Barrett hearings when she referred to- Amy Coney Barrett. Amy, did I say Ann? I think so. Okay, uh, Amy Coney, Coney Barrett, uh, when she referred, when she was asked about discrimination against uh, LGBTQ, uh, and she said that she does not discriminate against people on the basis of sexual preference, and she took a lot of heat, because apparently sexual preference, I didn't realize this, it's not a term I use, but I didn't realize that it was a, uh, it was a term that not only is outdated, but offensive. I don't uh, find it offensive, and I don't think it's outdated. And I think, I, think, I think it's a beautiful thing to say. I think it's a very, a very sweet way of, of allowing people to be clear about their preference in lifestyle choices. You know, they're bisexuals and they go back and forth. It's what's your preference? It's gay. Do you, you know, it's, preference is a very nice word. It's not a bad, it's not an, uh, a derogatory, it's not a bad word. Well, the, the issue is, Danny, is that people say, but that implies that it's a choice. And who are these people? Like five people? Like who? I, wanna, I want parades of people in the street picketing about that word. I don't want four people. Who, where do they get these, where do these get, where do, who are these people? Who? Well, I don't know. These are people that- exactly. They have five Twitter. people, they put them in a room, the five of the most left, left nutcase people that you'll ever meet in your life. And they asked those five people and they, they were screaming in the room. And then they, they wrote a report on based on those five people. That's how they do it. It's all sensationalism. It's how long has love. sexual preference been uh, verboten? Can I still say verboten? <laughs> verboten. <laughs> I don't, yeah, uh, I don't know, uh, Noam. I, I, didn't know that it, I didn't know that it was verboten until this whole thing erupted. It, I mean, I, I generally- God, verboten. But I'm also, I'm, also I'm, I'm an old fashioned gay. I'm also not, I don't agree with the whole pronoun. He, the, they, they. Well, that's because you're a gay and not a trans. Yeah, but you're not allowed to do any of that anyway. I'm like, I'm like, you know, don't tell me what to do. I'm gonna call you what I see. If I see a bird and it's a bird, I'm gonna say that's a bird. And and relax if it's not a bird. If it's if it's like a peacock, if it's like a, a squirrel and I thought it was a bird, then just tell me, no, that's not a bird, that's a squirrel. Be like, oh, okay, I thought it was a bird. Well, and I think the bird. point is, is that if they say this is a squirrel and then you keep saying, no, you're a bird, and I'm they're like, with people. right, exactly. That's what I'm saying, though. You're okay, not going to keep. Apologize and move on. I exactly. Mean, then you're. That's fine. Can I ask a question? Wait, wait, wait. Can I say something? Because this has really got to stop. So <laughs> I, I'm looking. I'm looking at the New York Times. New York Times from 2002. Like, I mean, I just just first they came up. All right, it's 2002, but doesn't doesn't really feel like it was like like it was the 1700s. Um, New York gay rights bill passes. Uh, 
would protect people from abuse based on employment, housing, based on their sexual preference. So like, you know, it goes from the term that the most, the most far reaching people use to all of a sudden, now if you use it, you're some sort of gay hater. And, and, and you know, the, what people, what people on the left or people, most on the left, but don't, don't understand is that the average Joe has better fucking things to do with his life. The average Joe is not keeping on top of every last terminology as it changes the moving target and updating, you know, their, 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 their Rolodex. It's crazy. And what about you're infringing on those people's rights? Don't infringe on my rights to make you, to, uh, why do I have to call you something that I don't understand? Like, I, if you're, if you're going to tell me you're a, a man that now is a woman and now, but, and, 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 if you're going to tell me you're a man and now you're a woman, wh why do I have to call you a woman? I want to just like, like, why do I have to call a transgender? Why because, do I have because, to call a transgender? Because, oh, what, hold on, Danny. Aren't you a member of this community? What are you talking like that for? I'm going to ask you. I don't think, like, if I say no, sorry, you were born a man. I get the whole thing that you don't feel like no, a man. No, I, I don't agree with you at all. I don't know. I don't well, you don't have you. to. Can I answer? Well, I'll, why do I have to agree with that? Let, let me Science answer first. Just because the, you're born with a penis. Okay. Just, Science says you're a man. Okay. Now you're a woman. You're not Danny. a woman because you're not have a uterus and you can't, give, you can't do but a lot of things. That's not what a woman is. I mean, oh, so tell me what a woman is. Uh, you're, you're, you're gender, there's biology and then there's gender. And the fact that we've decided that that's binary is something that's made up. We didn't hold up. That's why I wanted to answer first because I knew she was going to take us into into foreign, <laughs> into Saturn. No. So listen, Perry, hold on, Perriel. Danny, the reason is, and I and I don't know if you're just being um provocative or to what extent you actually you know actually live that. The reason the reason is because it's cruel and and um uncultured. <laughs> if you forgive the term, not to, but but um. Uh, because people who are who are transgender have been dealt a, a shitty enough hand, uh, you know, figuratively a, a difficult enough hand in, in life that they that they have to face every day. And why would anybody, except out of heartlessness, not want to call them uh, whatever makes them feel uh, good about themselves? You know, you don't have to believe it. Nobody can force you if you don't believe it. It's yeah. the other side of of calling people gay you know haters or abusers it's the other side so yeah, I think you are so 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 i'm just saying if you're going to go as far as to call people haters and abusers and whatever racist or whatever it is because they they don't understand what you are so you have to also allow them you can't take those rights away from them either they don't know so i happen to be cultured i happen to be, i happen to be cultured i know about these things i know so i wouldn't do it but uh, uh, someone from Long Island. Someone yeah. So you were. So you were just being provocative. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And you. You certainly wouldn't say such a thing to a black I transsexual wouldn't. woman on the street, would you? <laughs> I would not. Not me. But I don't understand the left. That I hate. I just the, the the far left and the far right drive me bananas. They drive me up the well, wall. Per now Periel is saying something which which um but I just is here. We can circle back to what I'm saying. Dr. No. Shaw has arrived. Oh I just like just okay he can go let's just say that Periel is saying something that I, I that I think um is is pure opinion. No. And she and she presents it as fact which is the opinion no. being that that we've chosen 
binary and that and that actually even that when somebody means woman they mean to say what you feel like in your head rather than i think what most people mean by woman like when you have a baby um you have a boy or a girl yeah. at, that, at that point you can't possibly be describing their psychology so obviously when but you first when we first start using the term boy and girl we don't mean what she claims we mean no, and then but, at some point, as they get older, Periel says, magically, it transforms. Oh, you never meant, you never meant the, the thing you meant when you said it's a boy. You meant what goes on behind the eyes and the brain. That's just, that's just, I think that's, I think you have a tough, I think that's a very difficult case to prove. Words, words, words are man, words are man-made items. And their meaning depends on how they are used. The word, the meaning of the word man and the meaning of the word woman, which are words that were made up by human beings, depend on how they are used. And how they are used differs. Many people use them in the biological sense. Thank Some people, more and more people are using them the way Periel is describing. Thank you, Dan. It is not right or wrong uh, one way or the other because right now we're sort of in a transition zone where the words men and women, it used to be clear what a man was and what a woman was, was based on biology. Now that's becoming less clear. Words, the meaning of words evolve. Trans men are men and trans women are women. According to how that, according to how those words are used by some portion of the population. Right, and just be, right but, but just but be, you, you don't have a right to declare. Then why do we call them trans? Well, that's obvious, isn't it? No, they're just women, right? Not allowed anymore. Okay, are we, this guy's dating? I'm asking what, like, like, what, what, why, I mean, we could, what would perfectly make sense is you have man, trans man, woman, trans woman, because I, I get that, but if you say trans women are women, then what, what, what are we, why are we still, why are we still talking about trans women? Because they're different, I mean, that argument I don't necessarily agree with, because why would we say a black woman, black women are women, but we, we have, we have different types of women. So it's okay to have different types of women. Um, okay, maybe you're right. Go ahead. Bring, bring gender, I just want to say this. Can I say this? Gender identity is different than biological sex. Okay? That's what I'm trying no, no, to... Nobody questions anybody's gender identity. Danny's not questioning anybody's I gender think, identity. Uh, I, just, I, think, I think a lot of people, I think we are, are very fat, privileged spoiled country and people have lost their minds they're looking for any little word to hang on to for power so they can feel like they're special you're fat and you're american that's all and you're spoiled <laughs> just we are waiting for a takeover if another country decided to come in and come at us with war we would all be dead in 12 minutes <laughs> We cannot fight for our lives. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm. Maybe I'm living in a bubble. I'm New York. Maybe the, the down south. They're all in the army. They're all fighting for our country. So it's a whole different ball game. But, not, but can, can I just add my group of people? I have to let him. I'm just, letting him. Just let him wait for a minute. I want to add for just for the for the haters out there. Um, and I and, and I could actually back this up. In my years dealing with people who were trans. I, before, I'm talking about this, but before anybody was doing such a thing, or, or let's say it was before there was any pressure to do such a thing, I always referred to them, it was trans women I was dealing with, I always referred to them as women, even behind their backs, even when we were, even when I was speaking to them, about, speaking to them behind their backs, out of respect, I always said she, I, and I would have like uh, people around me who would say he, and I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, so, so I'm not, don't, it should, I'm not reflecting anything about my, per, any, 
my behavior when I say this. I, I think, I, I mean, I've, I'll pat myself on the back. I think I've always been pretty far ahead of my peers when it came to an attitude about trans stuff. But again, that doesn't mean I have to swallow each and every single new PC concept that comes down the pike, even if I, to the point where it, it's leaving planet Earth. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, there is, it's just not the case that when somebody describes somebody as male or female or, or a woman or a man, that they mean gender identity. You can mean gender identity. Right, you I mean a new to... term for gender identity. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> and we have with us connecting to the doctor has arrived. Maurice Shaw. Hello, Dr. Shaw. Hello. Hey, Doc. Nice to meet you. Let me give an appropriate introduction. We're big on intros on this show. Dr. Maurice Shaw is a pharmacist and a stand up. There's a combination. Well, we've seen lawyer stand ups aplenty. Uh, but uh, pharmacist stand-ups are a rare breed. His YouTube channel, Rx Comedy, has 1.4 million views, and he performs mainly, according to this, in the Midwest. Welcome, Dr. Shaw. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? We are fine. Some of us are wondering uh, when pharmacists became doctors. <laughs> um, several years ago, they, uh, they switched it to a four-year instead of a two-year. So pharmacy school is four years now. So then you, now you have a doctorate, so. It's a doctorate of pharmacology, right? Yes, ma'am. Are you allowed to fill your own prescriptions? Um, no, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so, so what are we, we talking about here? Well, the, the thing with, uh, what do we call you, Dr. Shaw Maurice? Yeah, you can call me, you, you, you can call me Dr. Shaw Maurice. Uh, most of my customers, they forget my name and just call me Marcus. So whatever you want. Well, Some we just people call me Maurice. We just finished up a discussion about calling people what they wish to be called in the context of transgender. So this is, uh, this is uh, we, do, we do believe in calling people what they prefer to be called on this show. Okay, well, you can call me Dr. Shaw. <laughs> uh, it is. Dr. Shaw was fired from Walgreens for doing stand-up comedy, at least according to that can't be right. Is that correct? Um yeah, I was I was let go um for the comedy. Uh it it was a legal matter that um we both decided to resolve and that issue is now in the past, so I can't really uh talk about that issue anymore, but while both parties just resolved our issues. Okay, well, that, that's a dud. Well, that was, going to be, that was going to be the basis of our conversation. We better switch. Think fast, Natterman. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about COVID. Yes. So, are you still a practicing pharma pharmacist? Yes, I was working at CVS, but I just, I put in my two weeks notice because it's too crazy, too hectic, too understaffed, too many crazy Karens. Well, uh, I cannot hear. Whoa, you. whoa! Go, he said Karens. <laughs> That's not nice. Go ahead, Dan. I I cannot hear the word CVS without thinking fuck CVS because that's a joke. Uh, I'm not going to do his joke, but uh, John Laster has a joke about fuck CVS, and that's all I'll say because I don't want to do his joke um, without yes. authorization. But I don't know if you're familiar with John Laster. 
Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Not with that particular joke, but yeah, CVS is a terrible place to work. Uh, I don't know anything about CVS. It's a terrible place to work, but I just know John Lasters joke about fuck CVS. <laughs> you know, I don't like the term Karen. I got to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, we've had this discussion. I don't like it. What about Why you, not? I, I don't like it because I think it's I think it's normalizing exactly what we're trying to get away from in society, which is to say that it's okay to disparage a, a group of people based on their color. You can have I mean, a black if, Karen. <laughs> well, no, no, you can't. And uh, if I mean, and I mean, I I know it's not like I don't know the the type that you're referring to, but it does it does now when we're more conscious of it than ever. The fact that we have we're so uh, excitable about any kind of generalization about anybody, even if you. But there's we have one big exception, which is well, you can say what you want about white women. Well, wait a second. It's not just white women. Well, that's it's what Karen is. It's a particular kind of a white woman. All right, and and um, is as is to me. Um, I wouldn't want to be the attorney who had to defend that that line of uh, uh, you know that 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 structure of of logic. If you know, I don't I don't mind it in a joke or whatever. And I actually don't like in, a, in an everyday conversation. I, I don't mind it, but I do notice ever since the mayor of Chicago. Was it Lightfoot? Is that her name? She, she yes. responded to somebody criticize, who criticized her politically. They said, oh, enough of you, Karen. That's when I turned the corner and said, you know what? This is, there's something wrong with that. When, it, when it's actually become so normalized that, it's, that a politician can use it as a comeback <clears throat> on, on, in, in the public, you know, uh, upper levels of public sphere. Like this is, I said, there's something, this, we've gone too far with this. This isn't a, a comedian anymore saying, Karen, I don't care about that. Or, or I don't care about, but this is people actually kind of saying, you know what, it is okay to, to, to just describe people by their immutable characteristics. And that, and that should be enough to tell you everything you need to know about them. All I have to say is, you know, he was a, he was a, he was a Leroy. You know what I mean? I mean, imagine, you know, and, 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 you know, he, he was a Hesh, <laughs> a fucking Hesh, a fucking Jaime. I mean, you know, but I mean, and, you know, we could conjure up a perfectly realistic stereotype of what all these terms might mean in real life, right? And, and wouldn't offend me. But, but in polite company, there's something, I, I think we're heading down the wrong path if we're trying to really get away from this stuff and become one people. I think it's a bad idea. I, and I don't, I don't hope you don't take this personally, Maurice, because it's totally acceptable to say Karen in 2020. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not denying it. Maybe it's acceptable because they're the majority. So huh? you, can, you can poke fun at the majority of the people. The minorities, they're the ones you can't poke at. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true. And a lot, of people, a lot of people say that argument. And there is truth to that argument in the sense that you can say whatever you want about, you know, uh, uh, a white man. Warren Buffett. Right. And, and, you know, you, you can't hurt the guy, you know. But so, that's the same thing. I mean, no, no. But, but, that's, but, it, but that is not... The, but see, that's a very dangerous argument, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I haven't even made it yet. No, but, but <laughs> this, whole, this whole punching down, punching up thing is dangerous because what it's subtly doing is saying that this is not actually about principle here. This is about pragmatism. It is, what we're saying here is that it's not, the problem really isn't generalizing people by the color of their skin. That's okay, and it might even be valid. What we're against here is simply the fact that 
when these people do it to those people, they have power over them so they can hurt them. But actually, we have no problem, theoretically, with the notion of it. Now, that's, that is not what we grew up being taught. What we grew up being taught was that there was something fundamentally incorrect, immoral, and illogical about judging people by the color of their skin. Period. End of story. And yes, it can also manifest itself in some very dangerous outcomes when the people doing it are powerful and the people at the other end of it are weak. But that's not the, the point. It's also, it's also ugly when I say it to LeBron James, right? I mean, I mean he's, he's rich and powerful. It's just ugly. We used to understand that even though it's ugly, you could also joke with it a little bit. And among adults, we could also, also enjoy the jokes, right? And we do enjoy the joke. And, and we used to be able to hold two things in our head at once because we believed that intent mattered and we could judge vibe and, and we, we felt we were layered individuals who could, who could manage both. But you know, there is no room for that stuff anymore by the new rules. Everything's based on a technicality. You, you could have all the good intentions in the world, nobody cares. And so, I don't know, I, I think um, I'm, I could be wrong. I have this reflex now when I hear something that, Karen. is also. Can you allow Maurice to respond? Yeah, yeah, please. Very long, very long. And, uh, and, and Periel jumping in and, and, and taking is, is very Karen-ish of her, I will, I will concede, but go ahead. No, I want to hear her point. Uh, but I would like Maurice. to get it. Um, I'll keep it brief. It's about privilege and entitlement. It just right, So it's not just about white women. Um, it's about this sort of idea of white women, right, and rightly so, you know, have, that they have historically had this position of privilege and then they think they're fucking entitled. And so, so that's really where it came from. Yeah, but it's a stereotype. And, we're, and, and you're embracing a stereotype. And if you want to tell me, if you want to say here, actually, let's go on record and tell, look, me, look in the camera and say, all stereotypes are based on truth. And this is one of them. Go ahead, say that. I'm not going to say that. Okay, well, that's that. You can't have it both ways. If you want to say that, I'll say, go ahead, say Karen. Say what you want. But that's the point, that you're not going to say that. What you're going to say is, no, stereotypes are not based on truth. Only that stereotype is based on truth. No, I'm not going to say then that. Say, then tell me all stereotypes are based on truth. I would imagine that most stereotypes have some truth to that. So which ones? So, so the cheap I Jews? And the the, uh, the 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 criminal element. Like, what? Where do you want? Where, this is what, This is why I'm saying. Where do you want to go with this? Well, are we just going to pretend? Are we just going to pretend, gonna pretend that the logic I'm saying is just like like we're not intelligent people and nobody ever goes down this path logically? All if you want to say all stereotypes are based on truth, then I'm fine with saying Karen. I just said I would imagine that most stereotypes have some truth to them. Okay, then go ahead. So let's talk about let's talk about the Jews. Which, well, which, we talk which about of the Jewish that? stereotypes are true, Mariel? Why don't we talk about uh, now, Maurice, you go ahead, Maurice. Which of the Jewish stereotypes are true? <laughs> Actually, as a little kid, I played in a, a Jewish basketball league. I was the leading scorer, rebounder, assist, and block <laughs> shot, so they all do suck at basketball, so I will. <laughs> and they can't jump. <laughs> what about the great Dolph Shays? <laughs> no, it, oh. it, you know, like with Karen, for me, like especially like – because most of my audience is pharmacy people. So when I say a, a given example or tell a joke about a Karen, in, in my instance, like the, the person could be black, but when I say Karen, they, 
like she said, they're like, okay, here's an entitled person that feel like they can just call corporate and think that their prescription should go before everybody else. So I guess me, I get what you're saying that Karen is probably tied to a, a white woman with the, the haircut like this that uh, has that sense of entitlement. But I guess I, until now, I never realized that Karen's was just specifically for white women. It was that kind of like women who think that they're have a sense of it, that they have a sense of entitlement. What about what about the term sexual preference? Are you offended by that? If I say somebody's sexual, Danny's sexual preference is uh, is men. People mm -hmm. identify. Yeah. Well, you see, there you go. This this is what's so dangerous because apparently uh, I didn't know this either, but Amy Coney Barrett got in trouble today because she used the term sexual preference, and apparently this is no longer an acceptable term. Uh, so it's a wacky world. Listen, to be honest, Maurice, I'm just trying to keep the show a little provocative and interesting. I don't really, I don't really care. I don't. I certainly don't care when you say Karen. I do, I do mean what I say about when the mayor of Chicago said it, it did bother. Wait, so can we, I know, I mean, maybe the mayor of Chicago, it's not that polite to be saying that, but Maurice, so is it just fucking mayhem in the pharmacies right now? Are people just going ballistic? Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy because they're, you're understaffed, so a lot of times it's just me and one technician, and now they got this thing where you have to go grocery shop for the customer. So they come through the fucking drive through. You think it's a prescription. It's a grocery list, like organic tampons, baby food, cereal. So, you know, I went to school for eight years and I'm walking around CVS fucking grocery shopping for people. And, you know, <laughs> everybody's screaming and you have to do it because it's COVID. So then people want flu shots. The phone won't stop fucking ringing. Doctors calling. Now pharmacists can immunize kids. So you got to give little Timmy a shot and he's scared of a needle and he's running around the fucking store. So. When are these Karens going to get their fucking menopause already? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all, all they want is their Xanax and their pain pills. <laughs> Wait, so you guys before were not allowed to immunize kids, but now because of COVID you are, but none of you are actually trained to do that? Uh, that is correct. We could do kids 10 and up, but now with COVID and the hopes of the new vaccine, it's three and up, but it hasn't really been uh, any training because there's no time yet. So, That's I mean, insane. giving a shot is giving a shot, but also there needs to be some training. Like, how do you give a shot to a kid that's like screaming and the needle sizes aren't really the same because some of the needles we use in adults are like this long. You, yeah. you don't want to use that in a kid. And so... But they haven't, uh, they haven't given you those or they, they don't train? That's insane. They, well, well, they just assume that we're pharmacists. We'll figure it out, basically. I mean, what like, the hell did you do in four years of school? You didn't learn how to give a shot to a kid? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. They really have to train, like, open a book and figure out how to give it? I mean, it's like, like, we have to train them? You're a fucking expert. You're a doctor. Go to the fucking Google and I'll tell you. You know what? Hold on for five minutes. I'm going to tell you exactly how to give a shot to a kid, all right? Well, I'll get back to you. <laughs> it's not so much the administration, but like we don't have access to kids' records. So like you know when you're when kids they get a lot of shots and they come in series. So if someone just walks in the pharmacy with four kids, like hey my son needs the shot, I can't really tell if this is the appropriate shot because I don't have their fucking history. No, giving a shot to somebody is something that requires at least a little bit of actual. <laughs> Pharmacists are trained in that. You can read. You can read how to give a shot to somebody. That's kind of like reading how to drive a uh, car. It'll only take you so uh, far. You actually have to do it. I, 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 I'm half kidding. I mean, I, I, I had the best shot I've ever had in my life from the pharmacist at the local uh, Dwayne, uh, uh, is it Dwayne, Dwayne Reed. It was an amazing shot. Huh? Why? Because because it, it was a happy ending. <laughs> 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 
But no, it just because it was totally painless. Well, you'll know it's a good shot if you don't actually come down with the disease that it's supposed to protect you against. I mean, you you know that's like like you know somebody rating a, a good colonoscopy. You know, um, you don't know that you were asleep. Yeah. Well, I, okay, but I'm saying, we, and and um, for all you know, they were they were they were they were uh, playing video games while you were out on Probofol. I mean, to, to the extent that to the extent that pediatricians, for instance, are trained on um, on uh, um, best practices on how to control a, a kid who's you know scared or squirming or whatever it is, then yeah, of course, people pharmacists should get the benefit of that training too. Pediatricians don't give vaccines either. Nurses give vaccines. No, pediatricians give. Do doctors no, know how to give. Knows how to do it. What? So so um, I've had shots from doctors. Pediatricians don't uh, get vaccines. There's no rule that pediatricians don't get vaccines. They get the nurses to do it because it's efficient. I've had, I've had, but growing up, I had shots tons of times from my pediatrician. That was like a hundred years ago. <laughs> no, there's no. Are you saying that doctors are not trained to give vaccinations? I'm not saying they're not trained to. I'm saying right. they generally <laughs> do not give vaccines. Yeah, Maurice, they don't give it easily. Maurice, right. your comedy, uh, pharmaceutical in nature. You say you perform for a lot of pharmaceutical groups. You're common. Yeah, I, I mean, I perform at a lot of conventions, more so than pharmaceutical um, companies. Um, the pharmacy conventions is a lot of the pharmacists there. Most pharmacists are retail pharmacists, so they get kind of my jokes of what it's like working in, you know, like a CVS or any retail setting where it's hectic and kind of relating kind of like just my journey of somebody who worked on the west side of Chicago, the south side of Chicago. I worked in an all Hispanic area and I don't even know Spanish. I worked <laughs> at a pharmacy in Chinatown. I don't know Chinese and kind of just my whole journey of working with different cultures and kind of to where I'm at. It's just kind of interesting because I've also done a lot of health initiatives. Like I started a black barbershop health initiative to try to reduce health disparities in the African-American community where people could just come into a barbershop and have someone take their blood pressure and then I would come and counsel and talk to them and then coordinate that with doctors so we could get them appropriate care. So I, I like to incorporate comedy, but also kind of like what I'm doing from a health initiative aspect. That's amazing. I like that story. I think that's great. What do you, what do you call a, a, like a middle-aged difficult Asian lady? You guys must have a term for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any of those, really. <laughs> um, uh, listen, I want to tell you guys something. So, uh, you know, I, I'm... I'm happy about this podcast because because I'm right about almost everything, and and I'm something happened in the news today, and I'm kind of right about this too. I'm going to show our, our host disabled um, screen sharing. This is why it pays to be a little bit early, Periel. All right, unless it's going to be instant, I'm just going to. It's move done. On. It's okay. done. Well, she, she Periel's gotten quick at that because she always forgets. All right, so where is this? Thing? So you see the headline here. Europe overtakes U.S. in new cases of COVID-19. And it says uh, here, the U.S., uh, where is it, on October, blah, blah, seven day period, U.S. had, a, Europe had 152 cases for every million residents, while the U.S. had 49,000, uh, what am I reading here, 150 for every million residents. So we are, Europe is 152 per million and the U.S. is now 150. We have two cases fewer per million people than Europe does. And that includes, of course, Europe has Germany in it, which has very low COVID and very disciplined um, 
practices. So I think to a, to a fair-minded person without regard to politics would have to say that it becomes difficult to argue that Trump, that the absence of Trump is the main driver of our COVID situation when Europe is worse. Am I incorrect here? You know what I have a problem with? I have a problem with this. They never tell you out of how many people that are taking the tests, because I don't know how many people are taking the tests. Well, that was that was a, taking tests there yeah. than here. Yeah, no, that was that was a valid point, but I think I, I think it now uh, in this at this point testing is pretty even now. Testing is pretty ubiquitous all around now for people who want it. If anything, I don't know. I mean, apparently the United States has given the most tests. It's a, it's, a decent, it's a decent question, but but let's but whatever it is, no matter what, no matter how that ripples through it, it's actually an interesting question. Even if it if it makes a slight difference, we're very close. Europe and America are basically neck and neck in the actual number of cases, meaning that whatever Trump did wrong, um, I'm sure it had some effect, but in the end. It's it's it it's just uh, delaying. It seems to be just delaying the inevitable. Now it's better to get the inevitable later in the cycle than earlier because you know, we have better therapeutics, more experience. Uh, fewer people are going to die uh, getting COVID. The chance of dying a year into COVID is going to be much less than the chance of dying from one of the first few cases of COVID because there's so much more experience now and so much better ways to take care of it. But in the end, it's spreading in Europe just like it's spreading here. So. What did we do wrong? I don't know. I, I don't think we did anything wrong. Well, we, you know, or, or, or you know, I mean, it, it certainly takes the oomph, it takes the oomph out of the case. In some didn't way. Trump strip the CDC of control of that data? So, like, who, where's the data coming from? Because uh, they were reporting how many people had all those cases, and he like stripped them of their power. I knew I, a couple I, months ago. No, I, I don't. I don't think that's right. This seems, I think we have good stats on America and and Europe. But look, what are the what are the prescriptions that are being given uh, for COVID cases? Do you do you give out prescriptions? Is that all done in the hospital? Uh, we 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 actually had to thoroughly screen all the hydroxychloroquine prescriptions because um, physicians were just calling it in for themselves, their family members. Oh my god! Um, so like we could only give a certain quantity. We had they had to have diagnosis codes that they were actually using it. For rheumatoid arthritis so we were actually ran out because every you know everybody was just getting it from their doctors and hoarding it and people who actually had rheumatoid arthritis couldn't get it so it actually uh, we had to do a lot of screening and, and we rarely gave it out after a while Perryhill says oh my god Perryhill says oh my god to every common sense fact you throw at her of course they're going wait a second wait a second I hate admitting that you're right, but you said this months ago. I know, and you attacked me for it. And I was oh. like, that's in, he, no one was like, the doctors are just going to all take it for themselves. And I was like, that's insane. They are not. I, I, said, I said, no, I said, they're going to take it for their families. Yes. We're talking and about I, masks. And I, I said, N95 masks. They're going to yeah. grab a few for their family. They would not do it. I said, grow up. They're people. However, um, I always enable <laughs> screen sharing. I mean, why don't you talk about like most of the fucking time you can share things on the screen and like a couple of times I forget and you always call that out. Listen, I want to tell everybody something because I've had, you know, thoughts about maybe running for office one day and I know that this podcast <laughs> has ended that chance. 
but a lot of what I say is just to try to keep people like, I don't know, interested and may, maybe keep it a little, you know, get people mad a little bit or be provocative or to, to be interesting, you know, be devil's advocate. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that I say things I don't believe in at all, but I, but I say things that I think are worth talking about, you know, and I don't, I, like, I don't really know how I feel about Karen, but it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation, right? We should, it is worth talking about. The other thing is, first of all, I think you should run for office. The other thing is, is that I let everybody in at 7.01 and no one goes, why are we so late today, Periel? He is irascible. Uh, no one's going to argue that point. 7.01. By the way, is... is, is, is I, I just had something that I wanted to, that, that I haven't read in the news, but that I know very well what happened because they were pointing bigger that the Hasidic community than the Hasidic Jews, that they're super spreaders and the numbers went up. And I just want to say that before Russia shut down, before the holiday, all these Orthodox Jews took a lot of tests to find out if they were sick or not. So if they can have their family members over for the holidays and what the holidays were going to be like. So they took a lot of tests and there were spikes in the, in, in my area, I'm, a, I'm in red zone, I'm in Midwood, but in all my area, in this area, in Borough Park, the neighborhood, there, there were spikes. And not because of any other reason, but because they cared enough to take tests. And they were, a lot of them were positive. And a lot of them didn't have to go to the hospital, but they were positive. And so right there, it's about taking tests. Who's taking tests? How many are taking tests? And out of the tests, who's negative and who's positive? I don't think that's right, Danny. Really? Um, because I think the, in some of those communities, the numbers were up to like 7% positive rates. And I think if you were to increase the number of tests, normally you would see the positive rate go down because you'd start, to, you'd start testing more and more people who are like, I don't have COVID, like who have no symptoms and no exposure. Like who gets tested? People who somehow think there's some chance they might have it. So when you see a positive rate go up to seven percent, they all have it. They most they go to shul. They go to they're all they're all yes. They they probably all have it. Like yeah. church going people, if you go to church, you're gonna go. You're Listen, gonna I'm, I'm a I'm 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 torn about this because I have the reflex. I, I feel bad for them, and and I know. Listen, they they were getting the measles. All right, uh, we they, I we know their mentality. I I don't have any bad feelings towards them, but they live kind of by their own rules and um, they, they're, they're endangering their loved ones. I, I don't really feel I understand what makes them take it. Certainly not all of them. I've been reading about it. Like I was reading the Chabad website. I was curious about it. And there was some pretty strong language there about it. People ought to take precautions and blah, blah, blah. I and mean, they, they, they were being very responsible. But then at the same time, there was one page which went into this whole Talmudic discussion of wearing a mask, whether it was a garment, and, blah, blah, blah. and it was kind of like mitigating what seemed to me to be obvious, which is that the, the, the Bible, the Torah always um, allows you to protect life. You know, that's, a, that's, we all learned that in Hebrew school. And I don't know if Maurice learned it in Hebrew school. Yeah. Um, but I, I, think, I think that these, what, 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 what I do think is, is lost in that conversation, I don't know if this is valid, but it's, it's certainly real is that that lifestyle of gathering and prayer and congregating is so deeply important to their ha happiness and mental health in that community. They, that, that it is not 
there's not an analog in it in our life to what we're we're giving up and and it's it's very very hard for them to to spend a year giving up on what there's is an analog among comedians whose entire sense of self-worth is based on whether my last joke killed or not <laughs> well okay so let's let's say that don't we all know that if the comedians could they would have been gathering and telling jokes and whatever it is. They would, they would, they would have, they would have bent the rules for themselves. Well, I don't know. I'm also a coward. So we have two, two forces uh, battling each other: the force of cowardice and the force of needing approval. And I don't know what would win out necessarily. But, but, but I said it's not valid because the governor, he has to protect life, and and if he has to play hardball with them, then he's going to have to play hardball with them. I I hope he does it. It's not fair, though, because what you're saying about them is true for all of us. No. Like, Maurice, have you done comedy during this time, or have you been uh, out of work comedy-wise? Uh, <clears throat> well, I've had a lot of pharmacy organizations asking me to do Zoom comedy shows, but I don't know how I feel about that, because when I'm at the Laugh Factory at Zany's, there's three, 400 people, and it's, you know, you get to work the room, whereas being on a, a Zoom call just... It's just different. And, you know, actually last week, Zanies and Laugh Factory reached out to me to perform, but it's like the Zanies in Chicago is already a small, intimate room already. And then having it, you know, all the tables spread out is really not that. that I, I would also add that nobody's getting laid after a Zoom show. I don't know if you're a married man, <laughs> or not, but it's, it's hard no. to ask a girl to come over uh, when, you know. <laughs> on now, a you have, at least, now you have a better excuse then. Um, uh, I'm just gonna but, wait. <laughs> uh, but no, no. What I'm saying is that I mean, Danny, know, Danny knows this community better than I do. But you're talking about a life of of um, scripted ritual, basically from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to bed. And I don't think that's comparable in our lives. And 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 that disruption is is very jarring to them. And again, I'm not excusing it. I'm I'm just saying, like you know, let let's let's understand. They're probably going to be positive. Most of them are going to be positive and they've probably been positive for the past few months and it hasn't changed. I'm sure there's just been the same amount of positive cases from, uh, let's say, I don't know, April since Purim, let's just say from Passover, May, May, June, July, or it hasn't changed. I think they've all, nothing's changed for them. So it's funny. A sudden spike. What do you mean? Spike? Look how I've switched. Well, hold on. Because when COVID first started, remember, I was so nervous. I was thinking about editing out because I, I said on the air that I told my staff not to go shop at B&H. Remember I said that? And I, I, I was so worried that people were going to call me anti-Semitic because before it ever happened, I knew. I said, I know that how they are, the, the hostages and everything. They're going to have COVID. So I was like, I, told, I literally told my employees, don't go to B and H before the lockdown. It was before. We're bigoted about that. It's a it's a fact. They have to pray in minions of ten people. Yeah, they, yeah. Have, they have three times a day. They have to. So what's ten people? It usually turns out to be thirty people or forty people or fifty people, and they're in a small room praying together. So right, yeah, well, you're right. You're very you're these fucking chayims. You, you got you can't you can't put up with them. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, anyway, so I'm saying like I'm flipping because at the at the, so just just saying that like early, early, early on before even before the lockdown, I was worried about what was going to happen to Hasidic community, and now that they really are a, a hot spot and and getting it you know very harsh from the city officials, 
I'm trying to understand what's going on, but I, I think in the end, they have to take a lot of the blame. They just- Yeah, I mean, come on. It's like everybody's fucking disrupted. Like, this is bullshit. I want- Noam, when, uh, we, is there any word on uh, the reopening of the Comedy Cellar? Maurice, I assume you're uh, familiar with the Comedy Cellar. It is fairly well known. I know you're out there in the Midwest. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I know like a lot of the venues, like at least where I'm at in Illinois, until there's a vaccine, they can't go to full capacity. So, um, But right Zany, now, Zany's is having shows? The, the Zany's and Lab Factor are both having shows at, at limited capacity. And uh, I think it's like 25%. And I think they can go up to 50 once there's an actual vaccine. What do Periel, you does, Periel does a lot of shows at diminished capacity too. Oh. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, no, is there any new? Is there any? Uh, is there any word uh, from from uh, from the mayor or whomever is in charge when, when this is when you'll be able to do that sort of thing? No, whenever that vaccine comes out. And, there's and no vaccine coming, right, Dr. Shaw? I mean, this nonsense that there's going to be a vaccine in the next month is well, What are you talking about? They're doing tests on vaccines. You well, there, there's a vaccine coming. Whether it's available in the next month just kind of just depends. Like, sometimes they're able to fast-track vaccines. I know a lot of the vaccine makers said they're not going to rush it just because the president wants it out sooner. So it kind of just depends on if they fall to the pressures of the president, try to push it forward to get it ready in the next month, or um, they just take their time and do how vaccines are supposed to, probably, I would think, February or March. They, they should be paying human trials. I don't know what they're dilly-dallying for. Um, but what about this monoclonal antibodies or whatever that, that Trump no, took? Trump used the, uh, is that the Regeneron or the Remdesivir? Yeah, I mean, Trump, they... Trump went from testing positive to testing negative in like 12 days or something? It happens to some people. Well, maybe he got lucky. Maybe he's robust. Uh, or maybe those treatments are effective. But we, we I don't know or that we... Maybe Doc, what do you say, Maurice? Did. What do you say? Um, it's, it's hard to say because of the source. I don't know, <laughs> know who to yeah. believe. But just, just because of those monoclonal antibodies, I don't know that he necessarily got rid of it that fast. We don't know when exactly he got it. He could have just been, you know, let's say he got it 14, 21 days, you know, before he got that test. And then a couple of days later, he was already at that kind of like 14 week period. And he would have, his body would have rid it anyway. So. Possibly. My friend tested positive. They had fever for three days. By the, by the fifth day, they were fine. Yeah, I mean, I've known people... I don't know if they tested negative, but I do know people that were symptom free after a fairly small number of days. So I just think people, I don't think we really, we know that obesity and a diabetes and heart, we know certain things exacerbate it. I don't think we know, but I think there's other things that we don't know. Certain blood types, perhaps certain, they talk about vitamin D, they talk about receptors, uh, you know, that some people have, other people don't. I don't think we're clear, we're hundred percent clear on all the factors. Um, one thing is for sure, the Hasids were praying for Trump. We know that. So that might, that might have had an impact. It, 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 maybe Trump's stance, a political stance, is, is, uh, you know, and God favors Trump. I, I, the power I of prayer. The power but, of people uh, believe but, that. But, but uh, you know, you never know. Um, <laughs> anyway, we are, um, any, any other uh, topics? Because we are at the end of our uh, 
normal uh, uh, hour uh, show. Periel, say something ridiculous so we can so we can all jump on you. What else? What else? What else? Just what is the first thing that comes to your head? I just think it's so preposterous that anybody's believing this nonsense about Trump testing negative. <laughs> I mean, he like he's a, he like infected that entire White House. <laughs> and also, my comedy shows do very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> For the record. I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody I need to explain, to explain the joke to you or this, this is your, your yeah, does anybody want to comment on, I know we, we, we spoke about it briefly last time, Bill Burr on SNL saying that white women have been um, oh. basically, uh, you know, all these years. Enjoying the blood money all these years. Enjoying the benefits of, of white supremacy and colonization and slavery, et cetera, and now have decided that they're going to complain uh, about discrimination. That's essentially what Bill Burr said, and he's gotten in some trouble for it. Does anybody have any comments to make about that? You stay out of this, Maurice. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think, Maurice? Did you see it? Uh, I didn't see it, but I heard so much about it and kind of like he eloquently uh, explained his points. I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, I think now with social media, it doesn't matter if you're a white woman, a black person, like now people are just going to complain until, you know, because it's, you can, you can do that now. And I don't think it's just so much just white women. I think it's just everybody. It's just you're now right. it's like complain to, to, to get your kind of way. So. Why, why were people upset with Burr about that? That was, that was, that was good solid social commentary right there. Why they was were that? upset. I assume they were upset because, well, I don't know. I uh, why were they upset by that? Well, he said something else too that was of some was somewhat controversial. But um, I guess they were upset because it was seen as anti-women, as as misogynist. Oh yeah, he he had he wrote the most brilliant bit about the gay month of June being Gay Pride and how Black History Month was given February, which is the worst month of the year. It's gloomy. It rains. It sucks. Nobody wants to have a parade during February. And there's only 28 days. It's the shortest month and it's the worst month. Of course, they're going to give it to the blacks. I mean, the gays, where they were enslaved, they only sing and dance. So it was something like I. <laughs> and he said, and he said, and if you put, if you gave, if you gave them, if you gave blacks July, then then gay blacks could have two straight months to celebrate. That's right. <laughs> so it was the whole bit. I, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was a good. I, uh... Right. I don't know if they have gay if they have Black History Month in Australia, but certainly February is a decent month there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't, the Aborigine don't, don't don't fuck with the Aborigine. They, they like it. They like their February. Uh, I, mean, I would say that as far as Bill Burr's joke is concerned, it was funny, but I don't really necessarily know how true it is that white women have hijacked anything. I, in other words, are we seeing less? racial consciousness because white women are, are asserting their rights and not just white women, but women in general. I mean, in other words, I'm not seeing, his, his, his point was that white women have hijacked the woke movement, have hijacked, um, you know, that. And, I, and, and that implies that, that we're, we're not paying attention to racial issues. And I don't think that's true. I think we're paying attention to everything. And I think that everybody that has a beef has a right to, to express that, you know? So I don't see it, although it was funny, um, I, I don't. I don't think that white women have hijacked anything. I think they've added their own, their own uh, legitimate um, protest. I, I think that's. I think that what he's getting at 
don't know if he actually gave it this much thought, but you know, there's this whole intersectional concept and somehow if you can become part of another oppressed group, which is women, then you can position yourself on the other side of that line. And what he's saying is that by, by positioning themselves on the other side of that line as women, they're kind of, it's kind of a, a um, bait and switch. We're losing, we're losing our, the, the clarity, the fact, no, these are white people. And you know, yes, you're women, but you also all belong on that other side of the line because all day long, you're white benefiting from everything white. You're there while you're, maybe you were in the home, but you were benefiting from all the, the fucked up shit that your man was doing. And don't, we're not gonna, we're allowing it, we're allowing women to dilute their whiteness by defining themselves by their womanhood. I think that's what he's saying, whether it's true or not. And there is something subtly about that. You, you, women, don't, women are not called to answer for their whiteness so much, except for the Karens because they can uh, focus on their beef as women. And by the way, before we go, we'll talk about it next week. There's a fascinating thing in marginalrevolution.com a couple of days ago, you can look it up, showing that women Uber drivers, there's two studies now about anonymous work, women Uber drivers, because the Uber fares are, um, are uh, disseminated randomly by the, you know, the Uber dispatching software. And there's another thing that they have there, some, some other kind of anonymous work. Women make 10% less than men in both these anonymous work environments where nobody knows their gender. But for instance, in Uber, women um, drive more slowly, don't, uh, don't well, for whatever reason, won't drive in the more congested areas. There's all sorts of reasons that there's all sorts of differences in just the general attitude about women and they make 10% less. And there's another thing too, I can't remember what it is, but I'll get it for next week, where women are also making about 10% less than men, even though their gender is totally blind to the work. And what do you is, this, is this is a dramatic fact. It's dramatic. <laughs> What do you extrapolate from that? That's a little teaser for our next yeah, yeah. episode where we discuss. We got to get, we, can, we, should get the, we should get the writer of that study on the show. It's amazing. We have Al Martin next week. Oh, I, I don't know if he has. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know who you guys should get? You should guys should get Z-Dog MD. Oh, yeah. He was going to come on and then COVID happened and he got really busy. That, that's kind of like how my popularity, because I did a video with him and it got like almost 500,000 views. If he comes back, if he comes on, will you come on back with him? Hell yeah. Okay. He's the reason why I got so much kind of popularity and kind of, at least in the pharmacy realm and medical realm. Well, so yeah, I'll definitely be on. Tell him his boy, uh, Maurice. We have a shit ton of comedian lawyers. I'm one of them. Uh, there's Greg, the late Greg Giraldo was another. Uh, Mike Sweeney uh, is another. Well, the list goes on. But comedy, co comedians in the medical profession are a little more rare. So this is sort of an interesting. Uh, hey, hey, my friend, he's a pharmacist. His name's LeVar Walker. You heard of him? I have not. Well, I've heard he's of been on. He's been on Last Comic Standing. He had a, a Kevin Hart uh, special. Uh, he won the Shaq All-Stars. Check him out. He's a good dude, good friend of mine. He's also a pharmacist and hilarious. I should have gone into pharmacy, I think. That's a good, stable <laughs> profession. Hey, us black legal drug dealers, people like it. <laughs>
So um, I guess we will. Uh, if Periel needs a new diaphragm, does she get that from the pharmacist? And in, 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 no, nothing. No, we don't. We don't do diaphragms. <laughs> at an over the counter. Well, I thought you. I thought you. Don't you need a prescription for a diaphragm? Yeah, but we can only. We can. Well, there's one, but t typically I can only bill for like medication, anything that's considered like a medical device. Can I, I can't fitted for something like that? Do people uh, use the diaphragm or is that uh, outdated? Uh, that's why I said it, because it's outdated. That's, that's pretty much outdated. That's a Karen thing. Hey, Maurice, I got one more question for you. When somebody comes in for like a prescription for, you know, I don't know, not even Viagra, but for like one of these, this thing that Harvey Weinstein was using, like the injection, like the, the, the dick hardening injectors or, you know, Valtrex or, wait, you know, something that really is, is a, is a clear, that clear, really lets you know what they got going on. What, what's the bubble over your head? I mean, you're like, like. <laughs> I remember this lady, she had a, a STD and she goes, how you doing? I'm like, pretty good. And uh, she's like, how come you didn't say it back? I was like, well, I know how you're doing. <laughs> 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 no point in me saying it back. So sometimes, you know, my technicians, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of controlled by HIPAA. So you can't say anything. And, you know, the technicians were like, oh, is his Viagra ready? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you say so you're always, you know, they don't really fire technicians, but they'll fire a pharmacist quick for, for HIPAA or it's just like, you know, now I live in like a small town. So when I was in Chicago, you would help a customer, but you probably wouldn't see them for another 30 days or 90 days. But in a small town, you kind of know everybody. So like when you see like this older guy who gets a lot of, he's getting his Viagra refill. You see him at a gas station with this young girl. You're like, oh, okay, that's, that's why he needs that Viagra. Or so-and-so has herpes and you see him at the gym and you're just like, God, I wonder if that herpes is flaring up now. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually see the people in their prescriptions. So now it's a little bit weirder, but. <laughs> Maybe there's some issue, somebody have like, like, express, like that's, that's rarer than a pharmacist with erectile dysfunction. Anyway, we, uh, uh, we gotta go. All okay, right. Well, thank Wait, you, everybody. Where can we find you, Maurice? Tell everybody. Uh, yeah, find me uh, mainly on YouTube, RX Comedy. Uh, follow my channel. Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, RX Comedy uh, Pharmacy page. Check that out as well. A lot of followers on there. Can we get prescriptions there, too? Uh, no, but when I start my comedy tour, uh, it'll be the No Prescription Comedy Tour. You'll have a free ticket. All right, Danny Cohen, we thank you. You know, I'm on Instagram. I saw you at the cellar a couple of months ago. But let me know if you're, uh, if you're going back, if you're going to you know, go for dinner one of these days. And uh, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, all right. Uh, nice yeah. Com a podcast at ComedyCellar.com for all questions, comments, and suggestions. And we will see you next time. And you should email us and follow us on Instagram at Live From The Table. And Danny, where can we find you on Instagram? Danny Cohen Comedy, and I stencil walls now. So if you're in the five boroughs of New York and you want me to do something to your wall, just uh, DM me on, on Danny Cohen Comedy. Amazing. Okay.